You're listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast with your host, Johnny D, the motivational cowboy. 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 As a motivational speaker, Johnny D impacts audiences around the world with his message of living the outstanding life. He's a best selling author, MC, and two time Grammy considered artist. This podcast is a place where Johnny D can introduce you to his outstanding friends and share funny, interesting, and heart provoking stories. Ladies and gentlemen, Buckle up. Here comes your host, Johnny D. Hey, everybody. I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to this week's Outstanding Life podcast. This week, we have Chase Kulik in the house. But before we get to Chase, I want to say a big hello to all my friends on Dirt Road Radio 103.1 FM. Today, we are sitting here with 16-year-old Chase Kulik. What is going on, my friend? First off, thank you so much for having me. I am really glad to be on this podcast and uh, just ready to talk. <laughs> Dude, I, I, this is like so much fun. I mean, it's been weeks, you know, trying to be, you're a busy guy. And, and first of all, I just want to say, before we get into this whole podcast, we are sitting in your grandfather's garage, right? Like yes. literally, this is a real race shop right here. Yep. A lot of hands have gotten dirty here and a lot of crazy things have happened here. Yeah. Well, before we get, you know, start talking about all the cool things that you're into right now, tell everybody what kind of disease you have. So I have cystic fibrosis, a genetic disease that goes down from a family line that causes, affects almost every organ in the body that causes your mucus to thicken up, leading you more susceptible to infection and getting sick. Now, when did you know that you had this disease? I was diagnosed at 10 years old. We uh, Originally, we thought I had asthma and other allergy problems, and we went to the doctor, and they never really picked it up until one day I just had pneumonia. I caught pneumonia, so what they thought was pneumonia. And I, they took me to the doctors. It was a normal doctor's visit. They're like, yeah, he probably has pneumonia. We'll get him a couple antibiotics. Go get some chest x-rays. Head home. You'll be fine. We went to get the chest x-rays and went to Menards, and we were there for about an hour, two hours after the doctor's appointment and the x-rays, and I just remember looking up at my mom. I was sitting in the shopping cart, and she had this horrified look on her face, and she just said, okay, Chase, we have to go to the hospital right now. I didn't know what was going on. She didn't say anything. We just went to the hospital. All of my vital signs seemed relatively normal, so they sent me up they for an appointment to testify cystic fibrosis and sent me home the day after that I woke up my mom looked at me and she was like are you breathing okay Chase and I was like oh yeah I'm fine and she more said that it looked like my neck was like caving in my skin was caving in when I was trying to breathe so she went over and brought me back to the hospital then they finally admitted me I finally had an appointment and we figured out I had cystic fibrosis Wow, and that was at 10 years old. Yep. So so when did you start drag racing? Because I wanted to set this up and let everybody know that all these cool things that you're into, you are fighting every single day with your disease. Oh, yeah, definitely. I started drag racing when I was nine years old. No kidding. Yeah, I was meant to drag race at eight. I was a little too scared. It took my mom two hours to convince me to go down that track. Now, why drag racing? I am a fourth-generation drag racer. No kidding. It's been in my family since my great-uncle, then down to my grandpa, my uncle and my dad, and now me and my brother. So whose idea was it to start drag racing? Or is it just, hey, I, it was, is it definitely in your blood, and you're just like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Whose idea was it for, for, for you to say, go to your grandfather or to your dad or to your mom and say, hey, listen, I, it's time for me to get my own race car? Well, it started off with my... Um, Great uncle. He had a uh, double engine dragster. Okay. It was really cool. I never got to see it in person, but I've seen photos. And he, uh, my grandpa took after him, saw what he was doing. He's like, I want to do that. So he ended up getting a car. Then my brother and my uncle got hand-me-downs from him because my dad, well, not my brother, my dad, sorry. My dad drives the Pinto, which actually has multiple world records. Wait, your dad has a Pinto? Yes, he does. How cool is that? That was my very first car. Oh, that's a awesome. Ford Pinto, 1980. <laughs> it's a good car. I mean, he races a four-cylinder Pinto and still manages to beat almost everyone. But um, eventually, when my brother turned eight years old, my parents surprised him with a dragster on his birthday. And just, we went outside, there's something covered with, you know, like one of those car covers. Yeah. And it was a dragster. I looked at him in so much jealousy. I was like, I want that. 
And eventually, when I turned eight, I got his dragster because he had to age up into a new one. And ever since then, I've been racing. Now, I'm just curious. When it comes to junior dragsters, do you still have to get like a license to drive those? Not exactly like a full license, but they do uh, safety inspections on your car. And you have to go over there and you have to go like a little bit down the track. Go back, go a little further down the track, and then eventually go fully down the track, and then you have your NHRA license. So I'm just curious. I mean, I'm looking at, at your car sitting here. What, like, how fast do these things go? My car goes about 790 in the eighth mile. No kidding. Fastest I ever went is 94 miles per hour, but I was not supposed to go that fast. <laughs> really? We took too many weights out, and we didn't know it was too many until I went down the track and saw the number, and I was like, I want to do that again. Chase, how do you start to like prepare and in, in, in study drag racing? Like On the NASCAR side, people have the iRacing, and they have sim time and stuff like that. How do you practice? Is it just going and getting seat time at the track, or can you watch video and study at home as well? I mean, there's more than just going and getting seat time. That's obviously a huge part of it is just actually being in the car, feeling your car, knowing when it's going to leave off the track. But what I mostly use to practice is on my app, I have a, uh, I think it's called Jeg's Starter, where it's just a tree, a Christmas tree, because that's what they call it in drag racing. And it's, you can set it to the exact timing for whatever class you're in. Whenever your car leaves, you can get it set to that. And I just literally sit there and practice with the tree for at least an hour at some points. And whenever I'm, before, before I go out to race, I'm sitting there on the Jegs app while we're driving over to the racetrack, making sure I'm ready. So, so when you're at the racetrack, do you have race day rituals? Oh, that is a, uh, I wouldn't say exact rituals because we're always rushing to get out there. Um, (laughs) Because my dad has a bad back, so most of the time I end up doing a lot of the heavy lifting. So I always have to get out there, grab the car, pull it down, get the nose on it. Um, as he gets it started up, I'm over there getting run, rushing to put my fire suit on, chugging like three Gatorades. Because with cystic fibrosis, I get dehydrated a lot faster. Right. So I make sure to chug a lot of Gatorade. I, uh, I finished a race and chugged four Gatorades at once. Oh, yeah. And... um. I almost, uh, I almost peed my pants going down the track. <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever happened? Hey, listen, I'm asking this just because in in NASCAR, the number one question that people always ask is, "Wait, what happens when you have to go to the bathroom?" But these guys are in, you know, the race car for three hours at a time. You're like in there just for four or five, six seconds, right? Yeah. So, so you've actually almost peed yourself. Yep, only that one time, but I <laughs> that was enough, huh? Got a little too cocky with the Gatorade and <laughs> almost did it. I was lucky I didn't. I managed to hold it in, but now what is it like for you? to race with this disease. Has has that held you back a little bit? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I've missed a lot of races in my life because I've been up in the hospital or I've been sick. Heck, before I was diagnosed, I was still showing symptoms. We just didn't notice them as much. I would fall asleep in my car in the staging lanes. Not before going out, obviously, but there would be, you know, the big cars with the V8s and the big blocks just being super loud. And it didn't bother me. I fell asleep because I was just that exhausted and that dehydrated from it. Chase, how did you overcome some of those obstacles? Um, Most of the time, it's making sure I'm healthy, making sure I know when I have to stop, but also pushing it when I know I can push it, making sure I go to the track when I want to. And instead of just having to worry about, hey, I'm sick, let's focus on racing and have fun. So you said the fastest you've ever gone was almost 100 miles per hour. Yes. You are 16 years old. Do you have your real driver's license? Yes, yes, day? I do. I uh, I passed the test on my first try. I practically, as soon as I got out with the level one class, I drove as much as I could to get my hours and went straight into taking the test. That is so. That is so neat. Looking at your race car, I'm looking at a bunch of different names on, on that race car. Why so many names and whose names are there? That is actually a really, really important story to me. So I work with this organization called the Again. I am part of their youth committee and I'm actually also a kid with them. They're a nonprofit organization that grants adventures to kids with life-threatening diseases, illnesses, and stuff around those lines for almost monthly where they can go out on an adventure and really be a kid again instead of having to worry about being sick. And I love the message that a kid again brings, so I wanted to help out with that. So we eventually contacted them and saying, hey, can we put your name on my car? And we worked with them and I was like, 
you know, just having a kid again in my car, I want to really impact the other kids in a kid again. So I wanted to show the other kids that no matter what they do, that they can still achieve their dreams, like I'm doing with racing. Like, no matter how sick I am, I still try to get out to the track. So I put 1,000 names of a kid again kids on my car. How Has any of those kids reached out to you and said, hey, I saw my name on your race car. That really means a lot to me, Chase. Thank you so much for doing that. Can you share a story about something like that? We were actually showing the Autorama this year, the first time we've really debuted this uh, paint job because it was done like a few days before we left for Autorama. Your car looks so good at Autorama because I saw it at Autorama. Oh, that's awesome. But we had a family come up and they were like, Hey, you're the car and a kid again. I saw you on Facebook. It's like, can we look for our names? And they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead and find their names. They couldn't find it until I was practically like upside down looking at the cars, like, that's the name right there. And then everyone came around over to me. It's like, that's my name. And if you look on the Akidigan Facebook page, there's actually a kid sitting there, like pointing down in it, pointing at their name when they just found it. That is so cool. That what else is special about that car? I, I, I like the the whole paint scheme is so cool. Is that something you came up with? Um, mostly me and my mom and my dad. I had this design. I was thinking of going for all the kidding in colors, but then I realized I want to represent CF and represent myself on the car as well. Cause you know, it's my car. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we worked together and just came up with this absolutely amazing design with the purple ribbon for CF, just the flames because it's a race car and then the names for it. And fast is our actually company my mom's worked with and sponsors us. That is so cool. Do you have a motto that you live by? Oh, that is a good question. A motto that I live by. It's better to burn out than fade away. I was hoping you would say that because as soon as I pulled up at the shop, I saw that outside and I was like, that is so cool. Say that again. It's better to burn out than fade away. Amen, brother. Hey, when it comes to professional race car drivers, who are some of the men and women you look up to these days? Um... One of the major racing teams I look up to is the Colettas. They work with a kid again, and they actually, on the back of my wing, I have their name, Coletta Motorsports, on my wing. And they actually brought me out for one of their Akitigan adventures where I got to go into their VIP seat and I got to meet all the drivers. I got to sit in some of the cars. I even, um, at one point, I managed to go into their shop. They gave me a tour. Isn't that amazing? I've been there several times. Yeah, that it's place awesome. Is, yeah. I love that place. And, I mean, they contacted uh, Mad. Um, they're the ones that did the wrap on my body and they were nice enough to do the wrap for us. They didn't make us pay for anything because they said it was for us, for a kid again. And if it wasn't for a kid again and it wasn't for Coletta, I wouldn't have had that rap. I wouldn't be able to really impact the kids like I want to. Where can people go and find a kid again? Because I, I, want, I want you to go ahead and plug those because that is an amazing organization. Um, you can look up, up look them up online. Um, you know, a kid again, I think it's .org or .com. Yeah. I don't have the thing <laughs> memorized. My memory is not the best, but um, you can look them up on Facebook. Um, they accept many kids from cystic fibrosis, cancer. There's is a huge list, yeah. and there's. Over a thousand kids in just Michigan alone at a kid again. How do you manage in balancing school, friends, and other activities with your disease? It's not the easiest because every day I have to wake up and do at least an hour of treatments before I have to do anything. And back before I was in homeschooled, I was in Celine High School, which their class starts about like 7.45. So I had to get up at like 5.30 because I live 20 minutes away from there. I was up at 5.30 every morning doing treatments and trying to get there in time without being late because I want to learn. I want to succeed in school. And managing with friends, it's not easy because whenever I'm sick, I can't do anything. And some friends are uncomfortable going to the hospital to see me. But all it is is just looking at the positive. Yeah. I always look at the positive. That's another motto I live by is just be positive. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. Look at the glass half full, not half empty, right, buddy? Exactly. You know, another question, uh, and this one came in uh, on social media, and they want to know what advice would you give somebody interested in getting into junior drag racing? Um, it's expensive. That's for sure. <laughs> Wait, is it expensive for you or is it expensive for your mom and dad? It hasn't cost me a dime, <laughs> but it's definitely an expensive hobby. It's definitely worth it though. If you want to get into it and you have the money to do it, just do it. Go into it. Um, you don't have to get the newest car or the newest engine. As long as it runs, it works perfectly fine. I mean, I've had a couple engines that have blown up. We've just replaced the engine. It's just... 
It's expensive, but it's fun and it's worth it. Racing is full of ups and downs. Yes. I've been around the racing business for over 20 years. They always say you can't, you know, uh, win a race in the first lap, but you can lose one. How, when you're fighting obstacles on that racetrack, how do you overcome them? There's many things. It depends on what really happened. But like at one point I had this time where my clutch just would not work. And we ended up going, the coolest thing about the drag racing community is everybody is nice to each other. They all want to beat each other, but they're also the first ones to help you out, exactly. right? Exactly. We yeah. just went over to the other junior families. They let me use a spare clutch of theirs, which I fell in love with that clutch because my old clutch had a stall. This one had no stall at all. I just left the track right away. But a lot of part of overcoming obstacles in the track isn't just, you don't have to be, do it by yourself. It takes a town. And everybody at that track is there to help you. Who's your crew chief? My crew chief would be my dad. Has he been your crew chief the whole time? Ever since I started racing. Has there been a time that you wanted to fire your crew chief? (laughs) I wouldn't say there's ever been a time I'd wanted to fire him because if I fired him, I would have no idea what to do. (laughs) So you're not the guy that actually works on the car. You're the guy that gets in the car and drives it. I mean, it's a little bit of both. I'm learning how to work. Waxing on it. the car is not working on the car, Chase. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so you're learning all about the car then. Yes. So your dad yes. mostly takes care of everything. But I'm mostly the talent, yes. But you're mostly the talent. Yes. Some people say that I same thing about me. My hands don't get dirty either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it comes to racing, what has been one of your racing highlights? Oh, I had this amazing time. It was actually only during test and tuning. The car was as consistent as could be. And I told my dad, I looked over to him. It was the last um, run we were doing for the day. I said, Dad, I'm getting a perfect light. I don't care what anything has to say. I don't care if the weather's wrong, whatever. I'm getting a perfect light. I called it and I got a perfect light right on my dial in. That is so cool. That's hard to do too, right? And many people so, go their career without So let me ask it. you this. Do you believe in a little bit of luck when it comes to racing? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot of skill for reaction time, but it also takes luck for your car to stay together while you're driving. <laughs> Has that ever happened? Have, have you ever been in like a, an accident? Not exactly an accident. One time our air filter fell off and when we put it back on, we didn't realize it was missing a part. So it was too far down, stuck the throttle. So as soon as my dad started, I was going down that track. I almost ran into someone. Oh, my goodness. But other than that, nothing happened. Okay, let me ask you this. What are your goals for the future when it comes to racing? Because I'm looking around this shop here, and there's several race cars in here. So do you plan on going from the junior dragsters to the big V8s? I always told my dad that one day I'm going to be a professional racer, but I also told him one day I'm going to be an astronaut and one day I'm going to be like a famous actor and one day I'm going to be the famous chef. So I want to be all those things, but my ultimate goal would to be moving up to the big cars and maybe one day the ones that go 300 miles per hour. Wow, that's crazy. So you brought up a couple things. First of all, I have to ask, if if you listening at home haven't figured out yet, Chase has an incredible personality. And I, as soon as I talk to you on the phone, I'm, I'm like, I, I have to have you on my, on my podcast, you know, because you have such a great story to tell. And there are people listening right now. They might be 16 years old, like, like yourself. They might be 56 years old. Yeah. We're all battling something in life. Of what course. advice could you give the listeners listening to us right now? What advice could you give them with whatever they're fighting with today? What advice could you give them, Chase? 16-year-old Chase is going to give you folks some inspirational words. One thing that has always kept me going through CF, through every battle I've ever had, I actually mentioned it earlier, stay positive. I always think to myself, I mean, some people might not be this way, but there could always be somebody who has it worse than me. And there's always light at the tunnel, glass half full, like you said, that if I always think like things are going wrong, they'll get better. Or, you know, this may be going wrong, but this is going well. I always don't focus on the negatives because then you're just going to bring yourself down and you won't be able to achieve what you want to. Chase, that sounds amazing. And that's the right answer. But I also know being a motivational speaker, I also have bad days. We all have bad days. What does Chase do? When Chase gets up in the morning or maybe in the afternoon and he's having a bad day, how do you get yourself out of that bad day? 
that's a really good question because at days when I'm feeling really down or feeling really sick, it's really hard to get out of that funk. And when I get off on the wrong side of the bed, you know, sometimes there's no helping it. But I always, I look to my family. They're always there to support me. It's always good to have people around you who support you. But the best thing I do is even when I'm down, even when I'm having the worst days I've ever had, I try to search for something positive. And if I can't find anything positive, I'll talk to my family, see if they can tell me something positive. And I rely on positivity is practically what I, I live, I live on it. <laughs> I got I got I just got to, something just popped in my head and I got to ask, have you ever been on a podcast or been interviewed like this before? I've been interviewed a couple times. One time my brother was actually getting interviewed because he was the uh, junior dragster champion back in 2013, if I'm so right. Is he older? He is older, okay. yes. He uh, just aged out, actually. Okay. And um, he, I was interviewed a little bit as his, uh, you know, crew member, crew chief. <laughs> but, um, and another time I was interviewed for a kid again by um, the guy who interviewed me. He was actually really cool because he interviewed me at Coletta's and one time there's a Cedar Point adventure that we did. He interviewed me there and we managed to convince him to go onto the water ride. Nice. He turned it into a whole advertising campaign and almost <laughs> got the CEO to go on the water ride. <laughs> Have you always been this positive? I always. mean, I, if, if this is what people get from me and I look at you, I'm like, this kid is amazing. Have you, but have you always been this way or did you grow to become the guy that I see Today. I mean, I always look at myself as a positive person. My mom has always said I'm an old soul. I mean, with CF, I went from being a 10-year-old to having to grow up to practically act like an adult with how much I deal with. But so I've always had a better view on things, in my opinion, than some people. And it's caused me to be positive, caused me to really appreciate what I have in life. The cool thing about you, Chase, is that you're not just into one thing. I mean, I could sit here probably all day and talk to you. I'm going to leave racing right now, and I want to talk about you and the love of cooking. Oh, yeah. What I is this all about? I absolutely love cooking. Ever uh, how since, did this happen? Ever since I was, I was three years old, I was sitting the, on the kitchen counter, and my grandma was making cookies. Ever since that day, I've fallen in love with Wait, cooking. Wait, you're how old? Three? Three. Three years old. So, so like, when did the whole cooking thing actually happen? You're like, you start actually making things. I was always helping, and since I was three, I was always helping my family. I was always helping my mom, my dad, my grandma. I was over at my grandma's a lot when I wasn't at school because she was, my mom, parents were at work. My grandma's retired, so she watched me all the time. Yeah. And, but when I really started making things on my own was I was around like, I'd say 10. And that's no when No kidding, it, like working it, on the stove and everything? Yeah. The oven, the whole deal? Yep, everything. So what did you start cooking and what are you into now? Well, the first things I started cooking was, uh, you know, those uh, 90 cent ramens. <laughs> but um, when I really got into cooking, cooking, the, my favorite meal I've made ever was a fettuccine alfredo with shrimp and lobster. Really? Yeah. And I have a little secret trick I'll tell you about okay. it. Don't use Parmesan cheese. Really? What use do you use? Asiago cheese, Parmesan cheese can clump, which causes a much smoother sauce. So have you ever thought about going on one of those TV shows? I've thought about it. I'd, I'd, I want to. I've actually looked into it before, but surprisingly enough, there's not many cooking shows for teenagers. So let me ask you this. When you go to restaurants or you go out to eat, do you always critique the food? Not like out loud, but yes, <laughs> most definitely yes. Now, now because of the family, you know, they know that the, you love to cook. Mm -hmm. Do they only invite you to the parties so you could cook everything? <laughs> Not exactly. So I most of the time end up do cooking things for like big parties. I mean, for my birthday this year, I'm doing what I call a murder mystery dinner party. Really? Where I cook a huge meal. Everybody has to play a character and I have a whole storyline that I guide everyone through until they finally figure out who the murderer is. No kidding. Look at yeah. you. Well, speaking of that, you drag race. Mm -hmm. You love to cook. Mm -hmm. Now, you in the baking as well? Because I know cooking is not the same thing. When I say I love to cook, people are like, do you really cook? I go, no, I barbecue. <laughs> and, they, and they are like, well, that's completely different. You know, are you into barbecuing as well? I'm into any kind of, any kind of cooking, anything that you can do with food to make it taste better. You said the murder mystery in acting. Mm -hmm. One thing I didn't know about you is that you actually love to sing, dance, and act. Oh, yes, I so love So tell everybody acting. about that. When, when did that happen? Actually, 
just recently. Really? I a while ago I acted in one of my uncle's plays at church, but when I really got into it was just last year or more last year this year because it was you know the time it takes to actually work on a musical and i was my first debut was in guys and dolls in the ensemble playing as johnny bananas and another funny story with that is i have a my best friend trent he's like six two and he's a year younger than me and his character's name was lenny the legs and i think it just fit him perfectly <laughs> now was this was, was this a singing part was this just an acting part or was it a little bit of everything it was singing, acting, dancing. It was all of it. So were, have you always been a good singer or is that something that you had to learn? Oh, I used to be a horrible singer off key all the time. But when I really, I just auditioned knowing nothing about dancing, singing, a little bit of acting because I just like acting. And I got into the ensemble and I got into the Croswell Opera House, which is the oldest opera house in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't expect to make it in. I talked with people in my drama club and they were like, you auditioned for that. There's, there's no way you're going to get in. That's really hard to get into. I learned 300 people auditioned, 40 people made it in. And I was one of those people. That is, congratulations. That's amazing. All those people told you that you couldn't do it. Yep. And you found a way to do it and not listen and not listen to all that garbage. And that's another life lesson, right? Mm -hmm. You have to get rid of all the drama in your life and, and, and pretend that it's not there. And yep. it's hard to do sometimes. Very much so. So when it comes to you being on stage, what was it like for you the first time that you took the stage opening night? Ah, uh, I mean, it was a little scary, but I've never really had much stage fright. And I actually emceed an event for a kid again before that. And it was amazing to see all those people out there. When we finished our first song and everyone was clapping, it was just like, I wanted to burst out into tears right there, yeah. but I had to stay in character. And I remember the last show, um, the curtains dropped. Three of the main actors just started bawling right there. Just it's it shows how beautiful of an experience the uh, musical and like show business of stuff like that is. Do you want to perform again? Like, is this something you want to, you know, to keep trying to do? Oh, most definitely. What's your next goal? What do you want to do? Ah, oh, I mean, I want to get a lead role. Really? I've so far only been an ensemble, and I want to actually have lines for once. <laughs> <laughs> so have you have you been um, taking singing lessons or acting lessons, or do you just watch it on YouTube? I take vocal lessons every other Tuesday, and my brother takes them the Tuesday before me. And my teacher, she is just, she's taught me so much. I went from barely being able to stay in key to being an actual good singer. So what is something that you love to sing? Like, like, like if somebody put you on the spot, what is, what is your two go-to song? Oh, I mean, there is a lot of music that I love. Um, I like You'll Be Back from Hamilton. Okay. I've been learning Luck Be a Lady from Guys and Dolls with my vocal teacher because I'm actually doing a recital in June. So you never song. know when that opportunity is going to present itself, and you never know who's listening. Yeah. I'm just curious. Do you want to just go ahead and give us a, a, a line or two of something? Okay, yeah. Um, oh, let's see. What do you think I should sing? I, I don't know. I, you I know, don't know either. So, something um, fun. They say the price of my love, not a price that they're willing to pay. That enough? Or want me to keep a, going? Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Uh -huh. Now, now that I'm on the spot, I'm forgetting the lines. Um, <laughs> you'll be back soon, you'll see. You'll remember you belong to me. You'll be back, time will tell. You'll remember that I served you well. Oceans rise, empires fall. We have seen each other through it all. And when push comes to shove I will send a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love I love it yes that is that is amazing and, and you just right on the spot man I did not tell you to practice that at all that is amazing <laughs> you know when you want to get away from acting singing dancing drag racing cooking what does Chase like to do there's many things I mean I like keeping myself busy. I play a lot of video games with friends. 
The old and, video game trick. <laughs> well, of course. Who doesn't what, play video what, games nowadays? What do, you, what do you play when it comes to video games? Minecraft. A lot of Minecraft. I actually don't play many online games. Most games I play are just solo player games. But if I'm looking to play with my friends, I just hop on Minecraft and I can play that game for days. Yeah. So, and you, you mentioned earlier that you're homeschooled as well. So mm-hmm. does that mean mom and dad are your teachers? And I'm, I'm just curious, what are your teacher, teachers like? Are they, are, are they strict? Uh, that's a... Don't worry, they're not going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, I mean, they're as teachers should be. They're a little strict. I mean, I gotta they gotta keep me in check, make sure I'm doing my work. But aside from that, they have been done doing an amazing job teaching me. What is your favorite subject in school? What do you just absolutely love, and you go way beyond what you're supposed to because you love the uh, subject so much? Well, the subject I'm going into next year is cooking. Okay, it's uh, I'm going to the RCTC program which when I'm done with that, I'll leave with seven different certificates that I can bring into culinary school. No kidding. Mm-hmm. What's a TV show that you love to binge these days? Oh, I mean, right now, me and my mom are watching Breaking Bad. Okay. Um, aside from that, I watch, I, I, I'll watch practically anything. I am not picky. I've watched a lot of anime. I like Attack on Titan. But um, I love watching... Not exactly cooking shows, but cooking people on YouTube. Oh yeah, the okay. So, do you have your own like YouTube channel? Is that something that, that that you want to aspire to do? I don't have a YouTube channel yet, but we're actually in the process of launching them right now. I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm thinking two channels. One is Cooking okay. with Chase, which I'll show my recipes and stuff around those lines. And the next one will be, I'm not sure what I'm going to name it yet, but it'll be all about my racing and everything around those lines and about a kid again. That is so cool. You know, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would that one food be? You know, normally I would say sushi, but I'm pretty sure I'd get tired of that after a while. I love sushi. You love sushi. That has nothing to do with, that's a raw fish. That's not cooking. Raw fish is delicious. Yeah. Okay. It's not cooking but it still takes skill to make you got to fillet it perfectly cook the rice everything so you cook sushi i'm not a big sushi guy so explain this i mean it depends on what kind of sushi you're making because there's sashimi where it's just a fish where it's not exactly cooking but it's more knife skills filleting but then there's like rolls where you have to cook rice prepare the seaweed stuff around those lines it's it takes a lot of talent to be a good sushi chef okay okay is that something you're into then yeah. Okay, so again, I'm going to go back to this question. Okay. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, you're only 16, what is that one food? It would either be sushi or French onion soup. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Let me get, let me ask you this. If you could travel anywhere in the world right now, if I just busted out my, my credit card and I said, Chase, you can go anywhere in the world and travel there, where would it be and why? It's always been a dream of me to go to Japan. I love the, I want to see the cherry blossom trees when they, when it's spring. I love the culture in Japan. I love learning about the history of it. I like anime and I like all the stuff that, like the crane game tower. It's like practically a skyscraper just full of crane games and just all the weird stuff you can do there. (laughs) I love that. So Japan. Okay. If you could be any fictional character from a book or a movie, who would it be? And why? That is a very, very good question. Um, if I had to pick one, like on the spot, I would say probably Spider Man. And why? I like Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> he's a hero. He's super strong. His powers look very fun. I guess, and I guess I like, I like helping people. Okay, that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. great. I never, never, ever heard that before. What's the most interesting thing you've learned in school lately? Uh, lately, me and my uh, my mom's teaching me about a lot of World War II stuff. That's what we're going over right now. But if I were to go through, like, of all time, I learned this mac and cheese recipe in cooking class. I'm going straight back to cooking because it's like my now favorite thing talking, to do. Now you're talking. That is my favorite is mac and cheese. Yeah, it's a, uh, I've modified it a little bit, but it's a five cheese mac and cheese recipe. Please tell, buddy. Can you go ahead and like, you know, tell us a little bit more because now, now you're getting me hungry. Well, I can't give away all the secrets, but it's, um, ah, so it takes cheddar, white cheddar, mozzarella, 
Parmesan, which I watch Parmesan with Asiago, like I said earlier, yeah. creamier sauce. And it's real. It's actually really easy to make. You uh, there's all there's more cheeses to it, but I'm not going to give them all away. Okay, all right. Um, you just make a roux, throw some butter, some, um, and you throw in the cheeses, some milk, and some hot sauce. Hot sauce. Yeah, just a tiny bit of hot sauce. Add okay. a little bit of that tang to it. Nice. If you could have any superpower, what would it be, and why? The ability to teleport. Really? And because why? I. I've always said, it's like, you know what would be awesome? Just feeling like I want to go to Disney World and just teleporting onto one of the rides or something around those lines <laughs> or just going wherever I want to go in a split second. I couldn't wait to ask you this one. This one came in on social media and they want to know what's the biggest challenge you face as a teenager today? Oh, um, the biggest challenge? I mean... I could go for the easy answer and just say CF because it's CF, but I'm not going to make it that easy on me. So <laughs> the biggest challenge I probably faced was the challenge I went through with my school. They didn't want to work with me with having CF. Um, at one point, I was in the hospital and I missed four tests and nobody told me. When really? I got back, I, I, when I got back, they said everything was normal. I caught up with my normal work. I didn't know about the test. I got back, I went home, I got sick again, and I was out two days before finals. I got an email saying, Chase is failing, he missed these many tests. And the day before, they never upgraded the, updated the grade, I had A's and B's. Wow. So that was probably my biggest challenge, trying to get through school while being in the hospital all the time, being sick, and still trying to stay on task. I, in, in, I'm trying to stay on task too, but, but, but you keep bringing you know, some cool things up. I want to talk about sponsor. I want to go back to racing and talk about sponsorship with your car. Are you always looking for sponsors for your car? If somebody listening right now is like, hey, man, I got five grand. I'd love to sponsor his, his car and, and, and give him five grand or 10 grand. Are you up for that? Oh, well, most definitely. What racer isn't? <laughs> but I have a little bit, I have more stuff to kind of sweeten the pot. Oh, really? So to say. With, if you, somebody were to sponsor me, if anybody listening would want to sponsor me, definitely contact me. I, um. And, and, well, first of all, how could they get a hold of you? Do you have, are you on social media? I'm on social media. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I mean, you could email my mom. What's her email address? Um, kkulik at fastecoat.com. That's K-U-L-I-K at F-A-S-T-E and coat as in the coat you wear dot com. That's awesome. So go ahead. And You're sweeten the pot. With, if you were to sponsor me, it wouldn't just be sponsoring my car. It would be sponsoring the kids of a kid again. We would be using that money to also bring kids in every, day, every race to let them really know that they can achieve their dream. Show them that they can achieve their dream. And we would want to bring them to practically every race we could and the money would help with that and you would be helping with that and you would also be helping with the adventures I would take my car on like I want to go to Bristol I'm hoping to take it to nationals maybe just anything I have a lot of plans to help kids from a kid again and really show my car everywhere so so that's that would that would be kind of cool so basically they would be part of your crew yeah that would be cool. Again, you don't want to get dirty, so you're going to let somebody else get dirty. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. And, and what's your mom's email again, just in case somebody out there does want to sponsor you? It is kkulik at fastecoat.com. That's K-K-U-L-I-K at the at symbol, F-A-S-T-E-C-O-A-T.com. That is so cool. That is so neat. If you could have a conversation today with anybody, anybody dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you talk about? That is that is a hard question. Oh, um, I mean, is, there's two sides to go on it because I could talk to like some big history figure and figure out how they did all this stuff. Or who would that be? We'll start there. If it were a big history figure, probably like George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. And what and what would you want to talk about? I would want to talk about how they managed to do all that stuff, how they managed to form America how it is today, how they managed to help so many people. Because as I said before, I love helping people. And then if it was on the other side, who would it be? Um, 
He's not dead, but Gordon Ramsay. Oh, really? And yes. What, and what would you want to talk about? Cooking. Just in case he's listening right now. I mean, you would just talk about cooking. Would, would you ask him for tips? Would you ask him, you know, uh, a how-to kind of thing? Would, would you ask him for you to be his sidekick? What would you talk to him about? Well, I would, of course, ask him to show me some stuff. I would want to learn from him. I would ask him to teach me. Because, I mean, at one point, he held, like, what was it, 16 Michelin stars. And he's, like, one of the best chefs in the world. So, of course, I would want to talk to him about cooking, learn anything I can from him, because I want to get above him at some point. <laughs> do, you, do you want to take your cooking career and your racing career kind of together? I mean, if I had all the time in the world, I would take acting, cooking, racing, astronaut, um, not really lawyer, because I don't want to go through law school but um i would take all of that and do it together but yes i would want to take my cooking and racing career together and try to work both of them in what's the best piece of advice you've gotten in your racing career and matter of fact i'm going to ask you this as well the best advice you've gotten in your racing career that led and bleeded into your life that's another hard one to answer because I've heard so so many good advice from so many amazing people. But um, one of the most simple advice, but still led to me with racing, is just keep calm, have a good reaction time. That was from my dad. Hey, one thing I'm, just, I'm again, I'm just like kind of listening to you, but looking around your grandpa's shop. Mm -hmm. Talk about your grandpa. And, and I want you to tell everybody what his nickname is. So my grandpa, also known as Squeaky, he... Um, Squeaky without the U. Yes, without the U. <laughs> There's a funny story to that. My uh, Somebody called my grandpa Squeaky one time and it just stuck. So eventually he wanted to get his car lettered with it. And the guy we paid to letter it, amazing guy, rest his soul, he, uh, he forgot to put the U. Lettered an entire car... And forgot to put the U, but it became a trademark for our racing team. We're squeaky racing, so it's always without the U. And if you come over to Willis, Michigan, where I live, everyone knows Squeaky. <laughs> he is just that one person everyone knows. Go down to the track. Hey, do you know Squeaky? Of course I know Squeaky. He's one of the he's one of the only people who have been to the track since day one. That is so cool. Where is it? you said Bristol, you wanted to go to Indianapolis. But where, where's like maybe another racetrack that you want to go race that you have not been to? Oh, one I really want to race at is uh, Charlotte. Yeah, 4 Y. They're yeah. there this weekend. I, um, I went there one time when I was uh, chosen for Shirley's Kids. And Jeg took me there. And I got to spend the day with him because he was the number one qualifier at the time. And I got to go up onto the stage and I'll just watch the 4 Y. And it's like, that would be so cool to drive my junior down it. Just four cars at once. Just four juniors, that would just be so amazing to do. Yeah. It's always been a dream of mine. Have you ever, like, are you into other types of racing too? Like, do you watch, you know, NASCAR? Do you watch Formula One? Do you watch anything else? Boat racing? I don't know. Like, are you into other types of racing? I uh, watch NASCAR with my dad. We always watch that a lot. But um, I actually, we have, it's my mom's, but one day I'll convince her. We have a Porsche, I think it's like 914 or something. I'm not exactly sure. That's it. The engine's broken, but I want to fix it up and race it like down in like a uh, M1 course or something around those lines. Chase, that that's great to have dreams and goals, right? Mm -hmm. But during this whole thing, you've said multiple times that you're only the talent that you don't work on anything. So the engine's not going to get fixed <laughs> from you. You're going to make enough money to have somebody else put that engine back together. That's eventually the goal. But <laughs> for now, I'll try to work on it. That is so cool. Hey, does music pump you up? Oh, yes, of course. I love music. What kind of music pumps you up? Uh, I mean, me and my mom listen to a lot of more like 80s hip hop. And I like country. I know that's a very controversial opinion for most people, but I like country music. That's awesome. It's good music. And I'll listen to absolutely any music. I'm not picky. I just, I like music. It pumps me up, makes me feel good. I'll start singing along to it. Got a, uh, another question came in. Um, how has having um, a CF impacted your daily life in your routines? Oh, it's it's impacted it a lot. I mean, as I said earlier, I have those treatments that take at least an hour. I have one in the morning and one in the night. When I'm sick, I do it four times a day. And it makes it hard just to continue out through normal life. And just, it's hard to be a normal kid, but I'm not looking to be a normal kid. I'm, I know how weird I am. 
you're not normal, buddy. I'm telling you that you are <laughs> yeah. not normal. And, and, and I mean that in the, in, in the most positive and uplifting way. Stay the way that you are. I mean, have you always been this outgoing? Oh, yes, most definitely. I mean, I had a time when I transferred schools. I was the quiet kid, but that didn't last long. This question came in on social media. I couldn't wait to ask you this one. And with only a few minutes left, what would you say to somebody who may not you know, be familiar with cystic fibrosis and wants to learn a little bit more about it? I know you've mentioned you know, things here and there, but if somebody has no idea, they're, they're listening to your story and they're like, well, how is he doing it? What would you say to these people? There's a lot to CF. There's at times people's lungs will get bad enough they need lung transplants, but the best source of information you can get on your own time would be to look at uh, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. They have all the information, and heck, even if you want to, donate to them, because they are the lead study for trying to cure cystic fibrosis. With only a couple minutes left, I want you, I'm going to give you the next few minutes to... The mic's yours. I want you to tell people again how to get a hold, hold of you. Maybe, maybe there's something burning on your heart right now that, that you want to express to people. I don't know what it is, Chase, but you got the next couple minutes. Okay, so uh, definitely check out my social medias. Um, they'll be coming out soon, Cooking for Chase. And I'll post on my Facebook, which is Chase, Chase Elwood, actually, because I made it a while ago. Um, it's, I'll post on there when the channels are ready. I have a Facebook page called Cooking for Chase. Um, definitely look into a kid again. They are an amazing organization. Look into Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Um, contact my mom if you want to talk about sponsorship. Uh, kkulik at fastecoat.com. Um, and really just try to stay positive. What advice could you give, again, somebody that's listening to you going, he is so uplifting, so positive. I'm not that way right now. I, I want you right now to kick somebody in the butt and say, hey, listen, Okay, you, you can do it. Um, always, I, it's really easy to focus on the negative. Whenever you're focusing on the negative, it seems like that's the only thing there and you can't find anything positive. But if you can in any way look out the loop, look out of the loop of negativity and find just that little, little tiny speck of positivity, anything like, hey, that food tasted good. Or um, I got an extra sip of my coffee that I normally don't drink or something. And find that one positive and think about it. Think about how that made you happy. Look, at the, look for the next positive thing. Just look around, maybe look around your room saying, hey, I like that sign. That sign is cool, it makes me happy. And just stay positive. Always look at the positive. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Glass half full. Chase Kulik, I cannot thank you for just hanging out with me today, you know, and hanging out with all the listeners. I mean, you are such an inspiration to so many people. I, I really, really, and truly just want to say thank you. I know it's a Friday. You got to skip a little school, so you don't mind that. But don't worry. I told your mom to, you know, let you go ahead and have the, the rest of the weekend off. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be here and just talk with you and talk about my story and really advocate for cystic fibrosis and a kid again. Well, thank you again for, for hanging out. Before I let everybody go, I just I, I found a couple quotes that I just want to read to everybody. And the first one goes like this. Life's a race. And just like racing, it's not about how fast you start or how many times you stumble along the way. It's about finding the strength to keep pushing forward and never giving up until you reach that finish line. Embrace the challenges on the track and let those challenges fuel your drive towards greatness. And the second one goes like this. Focus, it's like a magnifying glass. When you concentrate your energy and your attention on one thing, it becomes powerful enough to overcome any obstacle you could ever think of. I wrote those for you, Chase, because I knew what kind of man you were going to be. And we're going to talk about racing and stuff like that. You know, life is, is tough and everybody's going to fight obstacles. But you are a walking testament of, you know what? 
you can get over any obstacle you want if you put your mind to it. Life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it, right? Yes, exactly. Thank you so much. Well, everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling all of you, be safe, have fun, and have yourself an outstanding day. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok at Motivational Cowboy. We'll see you next week right here on the Outstanding Life Podcast. One day in particular, there was a man on his way home from work in an old beat-up pickup truck. While driving, he saw this huge white limousine with a flat tire parked on the side of the road. He started making his way over to the shoulder of the highway. Once he was there, the guy got out of his truck and walked up and knocked on the window. The driver said, can I help you? The guy responded, yeah, I see that you have a flat tire. Can I help you out? Surprised, the driver replied, Wait a second, you're going to help me out and change the flat tire with me. I just called roadside assistance and they said it was going to be two hours. Yeah, if you're going to help me, let's do it. Together, the two men went to the back of the limo, began removing the flat tire, and quickly got the job done. Once they were finished, the driver said, Hey man, thanks. I wish there was something nice I could do for you. The guy responded, Hey, Just have a great day, sir. He started walking back to his pickup truck, and as he passed the limo's rear window, it began to roll down. The businessman inside said, hey, thanks for helping my driver change the flat tire. It looks like we're gonna make it to the meeting. Is there something nice I can do for you? The guy answered, just have a great day. The businessman again tried. No, really, I wanna do something nice for you. The guy goes, just have a great day. The businessman began to yell, sir, I want to do something nice for you. So before returning to his pickup, the guy finally said, hey, you want to do something nice for me? Send my wife some flowers. He wrote down his address for the businessman. Weeks went by and he forgot all about the flat tire, the driver, and the businessman. One evening after work, he pulled up in his driveway and his wife came running out and jumped on top of him. Confused, he said, get off me, get off me. Okay, okay, she said. But as she gave her husband some space, she thanked him again and again. He said, for what? What did I do for all this? She said, well, for the flowers. The guy admits, I didn't send you any flowers. They're probably for the newlyweds down the street. They're just delivered to the wrong house, honey. Did you open the card? She goes, well, no, I assume they're from you, honey. So they opened the card, and this is what the card read. Thank you so much for helping my driver fix the flat tire. We made it to the meeting. I got the deal. Your friend, the businessman. P.S. Your mortgage is now paid off. This is Johnny D telling you a simple act of kindness goes a long way. Thanks for listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast. Follow Johnny D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Motivational Cowboy. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, advertise, or would like to make a donation, please visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And remember to have an outstanding day.